Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. And I know it's not quite the two-minute warning, but we're close. And just snap back. Mullen's going deep. No, to nobody. I want to welcome everybody to this final week this final live at the two-minute warning for this season, the regular season. I doubt we'll do one a little bit later, but who knows? We may do one for one of the playoffs. I want to welcome everybody that's here. We have Skull. Uh, uh, I want to say Skull to Duncan, to Chuck, to the lovely and beautiful Miss Mary. She gets to go watch her Jacks play for a national title. George, skull to you as well. We're sitting here, rocking down. Mullins drops back, guns it over, and throws another interception. If it was not bounced off of the turf. Referee, I think, is waving it away, but we'll see. Hey, that sort of stuff happens. Your Vikings are going to lose this one, but they were eliminated either way. So that's just the way it is. On this day. And I couldn't tell. Somebody was in the way on that deal. Looks like second interception for Nick Mullins. And that should do it for this game. Welcome to Vikings First and Skulls. Live at the two-minute warning. Next. I have... Jonas in the green room. I'm going to bring him on. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, all the way from Germany. Jonas Stark. Jonas, my friend, what did you think of the game so far today? Uh, 
well, to be honest, I've not been really invested in this game. <laughs> like, I I haven't been rooting against them. Like, probably some people did uh, for the long time for the long term future of the franchise, which I get. I just mm-hmm. couldn't actively uh, root against the team. I just can't. So, yeah, I just wanted fun game, and I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it was, I'm, I'm a, okay. It's a lot closer than I thought it would be. So mm-hmm. I, that's, you know, it is what it is, and turns out to be the Vikings lose. They're going to drop to 7-10 and 10 on the season. So... Anyways, Mary says, hi, Jonas. As we're waiting through commercials, I hate commercials. I'm sure you have over them over in Germany as well. People got to make money and sell product. But, all right, the big news on the day was Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson ha- is going to end up the day most likely with 192 yards. Good for him. He went over a thousand for uh, all consecutive years again. For, that's only been done like five by five players. He did over a thousand in playing just nine games. He's only the third player to do it in ten or less. Um, he's a beast, absolute beast. JJ is a beast. Your thoughts on JJ's performance today? Uh, it was what I hoped for. Um, I ho- like my hopes going into this game were pretty simple. Just have a fun game and do some Jefferson stat padding. I got both. I'm okay. Uh, and of course, like he again showed why he is one of the best in the game. I don't think we really have to say much about that, but yeah. Um, it obviously it was was a really good performance uh once again and the lions uh the lions will have their hands full with those elite wide receivers they struggled with it for multiple weeks they don't really have a number one cornerback and yeah it's going to be interesting to watch that going into the playoffs and I think they are probably praying that it's not going to be against the Rams, even though it definitely looks like that. Oh, and I'm betting Laporte is out as well with that knee. Their rookie tight end. Of course. That set the record. I I really don't get why they didn't uh, why they didn't rest their starters because. I don't think they had enough to win today to risk that. Well, hey, it's a decision. And they were pissed off from last week, so I can understand why they did it. Hey, there's more people that dropped in. There's Gary. There's Josue. Um, George, I think I got you before. Anybody else that I missed? William, glad to have you. Um, <laughs> you William couldn't watch the whole game. Thankfully, he had the red zone. So disappointing. Uh William, they did what they could. They gunned it. Mr. No Fear, Nick Mullins, gunned the ball most of the day, and a lot of times it worked. So it is what it is. We got beat by the better team today. 
you know, we're depleted on defense and offense. Uh, Dalton Risner went out for a while. I'm curious to see what that injury was. He came back in, however. But it's it is what it is. We we put up a fight. I thought it it was we weren't going to be as close. Now or ten points out, but I was surprised that we were that close. Right now, the clock's kick, clicking down. It's forty five seconds and dropping. It's second and eight. Even though Lions. it was just a screen pass, I am wondering why they are even bothering to pass the football. The yep. A screen. They got their one yard shy. Now it's third down. I'll just run out. We've got 30 seconds left or 33, yeah. about 30 seconds. That should I be don't good. get that. Right yeah, they just pulled the headsets. That's it. Um, Roger, I think the suffering is over for this season. The game is ended. The Lions win 30 to 20 over your Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings' final season score will be 7 and 10. Our record will be 7 and 10. Lions will finish 12 and 5. Mullins being Mullins, Phillips. Yeah, he was. He was got no fear. He was gunning it all over. And then we got the last two, you know, the two picks towards the end. Surprised he lasted that long, but hey, that's him. Now, some of his passes looked a little short. On uh, there was the one to Addison early first quarter ish. Addison held up like it was short and then went over. Uh, but then there was one to JJ where JJ was wide open and JJ had to slow down and come back and catch it and got tackled. But Dan, they should have put Teddy in. That would have been good if they did, but they didn't. Um, I would have loved to have seen him. Love to have seen him. And now my TV just switched to the Rams 49ers. That's interesting. We're supposed to have Dallas on here locally. <clears throat> Dallas obviously hasn't started yet. And that's one of those things I don't really have to worry about because we don't really have those local networks. I just mm -hmm. I just have the Game Pass and that's it. Gotcha. So a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. All right. As of right now, according to Tankathon, we are sitting 10th in the draft order. Yeah, they they are going to pick between 10th or 12th. Uh they would have needed uh the Falcons oh. to win to get to 9. That obviously didn't happen. Uh now they need the Bears uh to beat the Packers and the Raiders to beat the Broncos to stay at 10. When anything, when any one of those games doesn't turn out the way the Vikings need to, they drop to 11. And if uh -huh. they don't turn out that way, they pick 12. No, yep, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Ready. <laughs> That's all, folks. That's all for the 2023 regular season. Yes. And the Vikings will not be in the postseason. So we can move on to discussing and building hope with the future. As soon as this week concludes, at least for us. And then we can all enjoy watching the playoffs with no stress. 
But we have the remainder of today's games and the big one everybody wants to watch. I will have to switch channels and go to my uh, Sunday ticket is Chicago at Green Bay. And I'm going to root for the Bears to win, of course. I think everybody does. Yes. At least for the for the Vikings. And I think the Bears actually have good shot. Uh they are kind of similar to the Lions last year. They are eliminated from the playoffs, but they have been kind of getting a little bit harder over five the last few games. games. So well, they won five in a row. Yeah, and uh the Packers, obviously, yeah, they beat us up last week, but that was an entirely different thing. Otherwise, they haven't really been reliable in December, to say the least. And really, I do think the Bears have a shot here. Mm -hmm. Well, Timothy says the Bears and the Raiders win, the Vikings finish or will pick 10th. Yeah, we're going to hope that's it. Think. Really Mary curious. Susan, Jackrabbits are up 20 to 3, national championship game, Division 2, South Dakota State, Jackrabbits. Philip says we need to get out of the cycle of mediocrity season after season. Philip, you are 100% correct, and there's a way to do that. Aaron, I don't think we can get nine, but hopefully. Paul needs some big changes. I think they're coming, Paul. There are, there will be some changes. Dan, South Dakota. Is it South Dakota or South Dakota State, Mary? Which one? Tim Pluckett Jr., perfect fit for today. Yeah, could be. Well, this game's over, folks. Now we're just waiting on commentary. Uh Hopefully, we should have Tyler here joining us shortly, and Justin said he would try. So, any other commentary on your end, Jonas? I'm really interested how that QB carousel is going to shake out this offseason, and uh the more I think about it, the more likely I think Kirk Cousins is gone because I also looked at the available free agents after the season and mm-hmm. I also potential trade candidates and Cousins is far and away the best guy on the market. Like, it's it's not really close. So I think if he wants to maximize his value, he can. He can probably, if his medicals check out, he can probably get close to 40 million or maybe even above that. And I'm not, I don't think the Vikings are going, uh, willing to go there. I just mm-hmm. think it's a little bit high for them. And because of that, um, yeah, I think it's more likely than not that he's going to walk and if the Vikings end up at a tom- top 10 spot, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even wait for the draft. They might just trade for the number four pick. I think number four, as it stands right now, is the most likely 
the most likely destination, but they might even trade. They might trade for that even before the draft and Arizona. Thus, you, yeah, because I think the top three are going to pick a QB. Uh, I'm not sure if the Bears themselves are going to do it. They should, but I'm not sure they are going to do it. <laughs> but even if they don't, I don't think they are going to stay there. They will trade out of that. And uh yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident they uh there's going to be a team that takes that Bears pick and picks a QB and it's not going to be the Vikings because <laughs> Even though Quasi has traded inside the division, I have a very hard time believing that Ryan Poles is just willing to give us Caleb Williams. It's just, <laughs> we'll trade it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's cons- not going to happen. Considering their careers are mated together um, yeah. because they became GMs at the same time and went for the same teams. And yeah, mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting. Now, Aaron asked which QB is the best for us. That's an opinionated question. I have my opinion on it. And uh, for me, it's Jaden Daniels first and foremost. I would take Drake May, and I'd also take Penix as last result, last resort. What is it for you there, Jonas? Um, I'm not so sure about Jaden Daniels. Not that I think he... I, I'm not very uh, concerned about him as a pro- as a prospect, but I'm not sure if he is the guy for our offense. I think he can be, but especially he, especially late in downs, he has that kind of. I'm not sh- I'm not sure how how I I'm calling that because if you have guys with very strong arms, you just call it a. Arm arrogance, and I think for Jaden Daniels, I'm going to call it leg arrogance or th- something like that. <laughs> like the classic thing with uh, with mobile QBs, with dual threat QBs who are going to try to extend the play into oblivion and then get sacked and s- get sacked really badly. He's not. It's it's not like the worst thing, but. Uh, yeah, it's well. It's, after uh, we learned this week that the Vikings try to trade up the farm, the cows, and everything else to go up to get Anthony Richardson last season. Yeah, but I think for this offense, the better fit is a guy who really excels at timing stuff. And um, that for you, Penix. Penix. Penix is probably the guy who is the best fit. He's not my number one, of course. If you can get your hands on Drake May somehow, I don't know mm-hmm. how it's going to happen, but if you can do that somehow, that's the guy I, you would want because, you, like I said, you're not get, getting Caleb Williams. That's just not going to happen. Um, if you can get that, that's the guy, and then... I think it's kind of it's tough between uh, Panix and Daniels for me because Panix has that injury history and I can't really judge that because I don't have any access to the medicals and I would have to to know how much this should affect this uh, this decision. But for me, 
I think from a scheme felt perspective, uh, Penix is the guy I really would like in this offense because he does a lot of things very well that Kevin O'Connell asks from his QBs and he just doesn't get sacked. Like mm-hmm. that's that's one of the most insane things. He has like a seven percent uh, pressure to sack conversion rate, which is insanely low uh, throughout his career. He just doesn't get sacked, and that's that's a quality that usually usually translates. Mm-hmm. Could be. Now we're going to bring in Tyler Fornis from Vikings Wire and Vikings First in School. As he sits down in his chair, Tyler, what was your opinion of this game? <laughs> they really wanted to win. Uh, they just weren't good enough. They weren't good enough on offense. They weren't good enough on defense. Uh, look, this team, the talent gap really showed at the end of the year. Plus, injuries hit them really hard uh, at some key positions. Um there was one rep where Questenberry just got absolutely annihilated. And it's just like, oh, O'Neal doesn't get annihilated there. And uh, Caleb Evans and Joe Williams completely blew that uh, 70 yard, that coverage on the 70 yard pass to Monroe St. Brown. Just a frustrating game. Um, really hard to kind of say anything else. Nick Mullins was the reason why the Vikings were in the game at all. Mm-hmm. He's not a great quarterback. He's not a guy that you want starting for your team. But if you have to, he gives you a baseline level of success where if he doesn't make those really boneheaded bozo gene moments, you can win football games with him. And he was firing the ball, trusting his receivers, fitting it in tight windows, utilizing good placement. Like the Jordan Addison non-touchdown was an extra frustrating one because that's on Addison. So what Addison did was he intentionally throttled down because he knew, okay, the defender's going to be able to catch up to me. So I need to find a way to keep separation. So he throttles it down with the idea of, okay, the defender's now going to throttle down with me too. And then I can just put the gas on for that few yards and get a relatively easy catch. Problem was he mistimed when to throttle back up mm-hmm. and it was just out of reach. Like little things like that. Um, the lack of tackling today continues to be a theme. They just didn't feel like they wanted to. They didn't feel like the effort was there. I even tweeted out early in the game. It felt like the Vikings defense was playing to get the ninth overall pick. Right. I think right now the Vikings can still get the ninth overall pick. The Jets oh. did win. And then, well, hold on. The Jets won, but going into the game, the Vikings had a lower strength of schedule. So I actually, I yeah, think they I- still have a chance at the ninth pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that it's, uh, it's too much right now. Uh, I think I I have looked it up. Uh, well, the, the Vikings strength was right now, and the, the Vikings Jets strength five hundred nine. No, the Jets have uh, five hundred two right now, and the Vikings have five one three after the mm-hmm. game. It yeah. was it it was the other way around before the game, but the Jets played the Patriots and the Vikings played the Lions, which is a big difference. It's a big swing in that regard, and therefore, uh, I don't think that can swing back. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a pathway to that. Hey, Justin, how are you? I am good. It was a great game. 
the Vikings offense did what it does. Moved the ball a lot, got in the end zone a couple times, had opportunities to score a few more times, and didn't. I mean, it's kind of the theme of the year. But I agree with what Tyler just said. The defense, the tackling, boy, oh, boy. They looked like they were making a lot of business decisions or that they just flat out didn't care. But, you know, what? we got entertainment out of it. They didn't get blown out. They didn't get destroyed. And it wasn't one of those 38 to 10 molly whoppins like against Green Bay. So they were competitive. And you know what? Whether they had won this game or not wasn't going to change much, except if they lost, now they could potentially have the top 10 pick. So I'm happy Justin Jefferson got his 1,000 despite uh, not playing for seven games. That's quite an accomplishment. Wish Addison had been able to get a little bit more. But other than that, it just kind of is what it is. This defense is going to need a major rehaul, rehaul to say the least. Um, The quarterback, Nick Mullins, just kind of is what he is. So we got the full experience. Gotcha. Tyler, you still looking up the strength of schedule? No. Um, it makes sense because the, the one team that the, the Jets played lost and the one team the Vikings played won. So mm-hmm. even going into it, it was 507, 509. It makes complete sense why it flip-flopped like that. Because yeah, otherwise, your other, the other division opponents is just going to be a 500 swing. So it's really not going to move it at all. So the Vikings hopefully can get the 10th overall pick. So right now, because the Vikings are completely eliminated, you're cheering for a higher draft pick. You're cheering for the Bears to ruin the Packers season. And you're cheering for, uh, I think, the Raiders need to be. Raiders, the yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. That, will, that should get the Vikings the 10th pick. And having a top 10 pick, one, is going to be better for my job because some places just do top 10 in mock drafts. It'll make my life a little easier. And two, it gets you a little <laughs> bit closer to being able to trade up and acquire that quarterback and being closer is good. Um, Bob, yes, Addison did get his 10th touchdown. Uh, he caught a, a nice post route um, uh, from 42 yards out. Look, this team, uh, the offense fought. The play calling was good. And I, I want to address something because it's really bugging me. People talk about being too cute with play calling you're mad at the the results. You're not mad at the process because that uh, the flea flicker, great process should have worked, but Jordan Addison just was not able to throttle back far enough. That was just a lack of execution. The reverse pass with Justin Jefferson, Johnny Munt needs to block Aiden Hutchinson just a little bit more before he climbs. That guy is more important than the guy that's farther ahead. Like lack of execution, not the process. Because the process, you know what? It might work. I have to see the all 22 to see if anybody's open. But even then, he can round the corner and get a few yards. Like there was a lot of good in this game. And uh, one of the reasons why I talked about, hey, you should try to win this game. It's about the football culture. It's about football team. Even if everything doesn't go your way, which it didn't. The Vikings were eliminated from the playoffs before they lost this game. But you want to go in with a win and you want to have something really positive to build on going into the offseason because it gets adds at least a little bit of a good taste in your mouth. And they just were un- unable to do that. They were, it was a myriad of different reasons why they weren't able to do that. And it's a very frustrating thing because this team at four and four, with a, if they have a healthy Kirk Cousins, looks like they could do some real damage. The defense firing on all cylinders. Kirk was playing at a fringe MVP level at the time. I still think he's top 10 in total EPA among all quarterbacks. Yeah, he was like top six, like 
four or five weeks after his torn Achilles. He was playing ridiculous football. And turnovers, uh, poor execution just ended up dooming this team, but it wasn't because of the coaching. And I think that's one real positive that we can look at here moving forward. I think we have the right coaching staff. And now we have to be able to get the right, right personnel. We have to play roster Tetris to be able to get the right guys in the building to be able to fix some of the issues. And then if we're able to do that, this Vikings team could take a really big leap because this year was supposed to be a down year. It just was a down year for reasons that we weren't expecting for reasons that were an odd variable that we never thought we'd deal with, which was a Kirk Cousins season, any injury because through 10 years, never had, never had an injury. And it's, it's just tough because now we have to kind of move forward and, It's about getting the right guys in positions to be successful. And I think we have the squad to do it. I think we have the front office to do it, but now they have to do it. And it's, it's honestly a waiting game. We're going to, we're just going to have to find out if they can. Well, go ahead, Jonas. I would also ask, and we just, that before you two guys uh, joined now that the regular season is finally over uh, how likely do you think Cousins is back because uh, that's going to be a big uh, question this offseason we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. It's not like it's not I'm not asking if you want him back. I'm asking if how likely do you think he is back? We have to answer two questions. One, how's the Achilles health and how is that going to impact both his mobility and his arm strength? If you have a positive answer on that, what is the money? What is it going to take to bring him back? I think we need the answers to both those questions to fully be able to give that answer, Jonas. I think the whole building wants the human being back, but the football player is going to be a completely different scenario because it's just, it's business. And business-wise, that Achilles could completely ruin his career. It, it could also mean absolutely nothing. We just don't know. And because he's about to turn 36 years old, that has to. we have to have a little bit more of a concrete answer, which we might not have even before the, uh, the free agent period begins. I think we'll have enough of an answer to be able to make those decisions as far as a front office perspective, as far as w- the information that we're able to gather as a media. But we also just don't know what other teams are going to be offering. Maybe the Falcons, who are so desperate for a quarterback, if they had anything at quarterback, they probably win the NFC South. Literally anything. Like that team was so inept at quarterback all season, and they still found a way to win seven games. They have the last three drafts, they picked skill position players in the top 10, all three of whom are good football players. 
can't utilize them well enough because of coaching and the quarterback. So if you get a good coach and a good quarterback, like maybe the Kirk Cousins becomes their answer. He, he may not like, but there are teams who need that level of quarterback and Kirk's probably going to provide it. Maybe somebody gives them 45 million a year in free agency. I don't think the Vikings will. I think that yeah. when they, that deal that they offered him, I, I think it was somewhere around 35 million a year. I don't think they go higher than that. And that's, that's where the conversation becomes a little murky because free agency, everything comes, goes out the window. And that for me is the, is the big point. Uh, and I've mentioned it earlier. He will be probably uh, almost certainly the best QB on the market, both mm -hmm. on the trading as well as on the free agency market, because the free agency market is, is empty this year. Absolutely empty at quarterback. Mm -hmm. You have Baker Mayfield, who is probably going to back uh, to be back at Tampa Bay. I fully expect that. Then you have Gardner Minshew, who is a solid bridge QB, but nothing more. And besides that, it's Tannehill. You're, you're probably going to have uh, Russell Wilson on the market in some way, but that's really it. You might get Justin Fields on the market, of course, if the Bears decide to pick a QB themselves. Uh, but like I said earlier, with uh, with uh, with the number one pick, that's also trade option that might be available for other teams. It's not going to be available for the Vikings if Kirk Cousins walks. And that's one of the reasons why I think there are so many desperate teams at QB. One of them is going to give Kirk Cousins the back. And if Kirk wants that, he's going to take that. And the Vikings are probably not going to have the highest offer. The other question yeah. that needs to be asked there is, can Quasi convince Ziggy and Mark Wilf that sometimes it isn't the best idea to just get the best thing out there when it's not going to lead you where you want to go. What I mean by that is this. I agree with Tyler's assessment that had Cousins not gotten hurt this year and if this defense had played the way they did, they would have been fighting for the division today, maybe the two seed. And I think you would say that they, the expectation would be at minimum divisional round of the playoffs. Now, Bringing back Kirk next year without knowing what other stuff we do in the draft and free agency, I don't know. But if Kirk Cousins wants his full market value, the answer is no. You got to pay Justin Jefferson. You got to think about Christian Derrissaw, and you've got way too many holes. So would I bring him back at an extreme discount? Yes. A slight discount? No, I wouldn't. But Quazy might say, hey, I've got a number in mind, and this is what I'm going to give Kirk. And then Ziggy and Mark might say, well, what's your plan? Well, okay, I don't like that. I don't care. Give Kirk his money. We'll figure out the rest later. So the other question you got to ask is, will the owners accept Quazy saying this was my line with Kirk, or will they override him? I don't know. We'll see. So I, I, I want to kind of talk about that because one of the reasons why uh, they didn't move on from Kirk Cousins is they didn't want to take a step back at the quarterback position. And mm -hmm. I think that they were justified to a point in making that assessment a couple years ago.
because of what Kirk's age was and because of his abilities both on the field and to be able to stay on the field. I think the difference now that you didn't have then is two years and a torn Achilles. So I don't think it's yep. as simple as we just need to bring him back. Um, the The Wilfs want to stay competitive and they are very smart in doing so because one thing we have to remember is it's not just on the field. They run a business and it's very annoying that we have to have this conversation because theoretically it should only be about what's on the field. It should only be about winning football games, but that's not how this works. It is about running a successful business. And you know what? Concessions go to crap. Merch sales go to crap when your team sucks. And there is a a certain element of being relatively successful and competitive every single year. That is really good for business. Um, As, as an analyst, you don't want to cover a mid football team. You want to cover a great team or a terrible team because it, it, it makes it a lot easier to cover, makes it a lot easier to be able to make content, write articles, have shows like this one and be able to talk about these points and either look forward or look at what's going on right now, where being in the middle, you have to kind of do both. And it's really annoying and tedious because uh, of a lot of different factors, I think the Wilfs are going to be just fine moving on from Kirk Cousins this year because of the new information that we did not have two years ago. But they're going to want some form of stability. Nick Mullins will be back next year. There's no doubt about it. He's only going to make $2.25 million. But will they bring in another? Mm -hmm. Will they bring in somebody to be a baseline stopgap quarterback? Will they bring in an Andy Dalton, a Gardner Minshew, somebody who's more successful at doing those things and giving you a baseline of good quarterback play while you get that rookie ready? Or yeah. will they bring in another think, veteran starter? Like, I think, I think those are the questions that we're going to be talking about a lot. One candidate I think about is Jimmy Garoppolo as some kind of the bridge guy because he's running, he's been running this kind of system like forever. And uh, yeah, he has overlapped with that channel entry he has overlapped with uh I, i'm not sure if he has overlapped with o'connell at some point i don't know maybe but New England. yeah maybe uh but I, I don't think so only no. England for a couple of years okay yeah but still i think uh something in that ballpark and he i think the writers will certainly try to get him off the books because they don't have any intention of starting him again so yeah i'm that might be one of the solutions uh as a stopgap guy and yeah then you get your rookie in there i think like i said uh number four might be a potential trade target number six the Chargers might be a potential trade uh partner um, if you want to go up, however that board shakes out, but yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, we kept getting asked about Rome. Uh, what's his last name? Odunze. Odunze. You wrote, a, you've done a, your draft prep on him. What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you like Jamar Chase? 
he plays a very similar style of football. I, I'm not saying it's a one to one, but it's <laughs> he's very fun. He's also very, very good at what he does. And not everybody who's good at contested catches that can translate moving forward. Um, it's how you get those contested catches. And it's always the why. It's always the context. And it's ne- almost never as simple as you think it is. Romo Dunze mm-hmm. this past year, 17 of 24 on contested catches. Why was he so good? Because he's got a baseline level of strength, 6'3", 217. He doesn't look like it, like when you look at him, it's it's similar style to like DeAndre Hopkins. You look at Hopkins, he doesn't look physically imposing from a physical standpoint, but he's got core strength. And he's really good at flashing late hands to so the corner the corners are taught to attack the hands. He flashes late hands, does a really good job there, and he utilizes his body positioning so incredibly well. Then he knows how to box out. He knows how to uh, control his body in midair, and he just does so many good things. He's also good enough in the open field. He knows how to create separation, and he's more of a long strider. Absolute freak athlete, like ran like a four three forty, uh, 37 and a half inch vertical had, has a lot of testing. Doesn't really show up when you watch the film, but he does have that long stride, which is one of the reasons why he's so good going deep. I don't think he, he I think there's a chance he's not even available at 10, 11 or 12 when the Vikings pick. But if he's there and you just want to say, you know what? Screw it. Let's just get another weapon to give to put in this offense. I wouldn't be opposed. Romo Dunze rules. Easy first round grade for me. Um, I think he's going to end up my wide receiver three in this class. And three wide receivers could easily go top 10. This top 10 could be all offense. Quarterback, tackle, receiver. It could be that and no defense because that's where the, the positions are the, the deepest in this draft class. Um, I love Odunze. It would be a massive luxury pick slash this guy's just too good. We can't pass him up. And it would give the Vikings two real route runner savants and an alpha going deep vertical field stretcher guy to win contested catches guy to win in the red zone. I mean, Jefferson can do those things, but that's not how you would describe him. And I think that's the difference between him and a guy like Odunze, because that's how you do describe Odunze. Good. Hope that answers that question. Uh, Freddie asks, who are you most bullish on for the Vikings to draft at QB? <laughs> Drake May. If if you can get Drake him. May, get baby. Drake. Yes. Um, like, it feels like, feels like a lazy comp because the body types are so similar. But when you watch him play, you, you can't help but think about Justin Herbert. How he moves in the pocket, how he throws the ball down the field, how he can run with it. He has over a thousand yards rushing combined the past two seasons. His only two as a starter at North Carolina. Like May can do a little bit of everything. He's likely going to end up my quarterback one. He was my quarterback one going into the season. And I don't think Caleb Williams did enough uh, from a growth standpoint to get him over the top. Because while Williams has all these phenomenal traits, May plays the quarterback position on a translatable level, just better than Caleb Williams. The awareness in the pocket, the ability to manipulate it, the ability to handle pressure, step up and fire within structure. Those things are just so significantly better with Drake May that even though Williams is so much better outside of structure, May is still really good outside of structure. So it's not like 
uh, Williams just so much better in those other areas. He just overtakes him. Um, but I'm excited to look at the all 22 from both from this season for both guys. Um, in live viewings, I haven't seen enough from Williams to overtake him at that spot, but that would be my guy. Um, I wouldn't mind Williams. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think he fits the best in this system, but I, I don't think he's like an anti fit either. Uh, Jaden Daniels is the real wild card because his play style is very similar to a young Lamar Jackson where the pocket collapses on him. Oh, I'm going to gouge you with my legs. Like uh, on plays where he had to move out of, out of his spot. So on any play that you have to bail the pocket or scramble, he only threw the ball in 20% of those because he was gouging you in the run game and he was gouging you big time in the running game. There's a reason why you won the Heisman trophy. Uh, I really like him. Um, Michael Penix jr. It's all going to depend on medicals. I probably wouldn't take him till back end around one just because he is 24 uh, torn ACL on both knees two dislocated right shoulders, which isn't as big of a deal because it's his non throwing shoulder. But when you have two of those, how easily is he going to be able to get a third? Um, what about those knees? Or is there onset arthritis that we really need to worry about? What do the medicals look like for him is going to be my big question. And as everybody knows, I'm out on Bonix. No, absolutely not. JJ McCarthy's the wild card because nobody knows if he'll declare. Uh, we'll find out here relatively shortly. Um, probably on Tuesday if he does, because I think Tuesday is the deadline day. Uh, but he could really do a lot for his draft stock with a great game. And I don't think he's going to be improve much at Michigan because of how they run their offense and all that. And he's not going to transfer. Like you just made the national title game with Michigan. You're not leaving. So it's either draft or stay. It could be better for him to leave Michigan and go into the draft. But I know um, I'm there's different opinions on what's going to be best for his NFL future. So we'll find out. But I'll tell you, we're going to have a lot of these conversations the next few months. It's going to be a lot of fun. Season was great. We love the games. But this is where my favorite time of the football year is because it's all about projecting forward and looking toward the future and getting excited. And uh, there's just so much. And I can't wait. Cool. Um, one real quick. I got a buzz, gentlemen. So Jonas, Tyler, Dave, everybody, wish the season had been able to continue for at least one more week, but it was an absolute blast. Thank you for allowing me to share the airways here with you guys for all the support and guidance you have given me. Everybody in the chat, I'm on my phone, so I can't see it, but I know there's like been 50 people in the building all throughout my time here. So just want to say thank you one more time. I'll be on tomorrow night. I'm going to try to squeeze it into a half an hour so that we're only on during the halftime of the national championship game so that people can actually <laughs> tune into me. But in all seriousness, tune into Purple and Gold for Days tomorrow night, as well as return to Vikings First and Skull tomorrow for the Real Forno Show. Uh, gentlemen, thank you again, as always. It's been a blast. We'll see you next time. See you, buddy. Take care. Yep, bye. What were you going to say, Jonas? Uh, last question. I know... And I get it, and uh, I haven't I haven't go, been going that deep so far, so uh, I probably can give a hundred percent opinion myself on that. But how valuable do you think the senior bowl might be for Bonix? Because that's the time when you might see him outside of that system. That's a good question, considering Tyler's going to be down there reporting from the sidelines. 
It's an interesting one, Jonas, because we aren't talking about a guy who only has like two years of starts under his belt. We're talking about the guy who has the most starts in NCAA history. Uh, And I think that's what really murkies the evaluation because at a certain point, how much are you actually going to grow? How much are you actually going to improve? I think Bo Nix kind of is what he is at this point. And the reason why they had that system is not necessarily because they wanted to run it. It's because they knew they could, that was a system that Bo could be successful in. They had to hide things with Bo Nix. They had to hide true full field progressions. They had to hide a true vertical passing offense uh, outside. I I mean, they still threw it deep, but Bo Nix had a 6.9 yard average depth of target, which in the NFL is fine-ish. You'd like it to be higher, but in, in major college football, it's atrocious. A 6.9 average depth of target is one of the lowest for a, an FBS program in recent history. He, he throws a lot of screens, a lot of quick ones, and it's one look and run kind of plays. He doesn't run an NFL offense. And I, because of what they ask him to do and what he can and can't do, I struggle to believe he will run an NFL offense. Uh, and I think his best spot is honestly with the San Francisco 49ers because Kyle Shanahan can baby him and Kyle Shanahan can ask him, Hey, you're going to do play action. Debo Samuel is going to run this route. If he's not there, dump it off or run. And I think that is where you could see some success from him, but I don't see him as an NFL starting quarterback. I think he's a backup for a decade because he gives you a dual threat ability and he can do enough to help you, but he's not going to be able to elevate you. And he's got a fourth round grade for me. Um, I actually finished Spencer Rattler from South Carolina last night. And I don't think very highly of Rattler's ability to process and make decisions, especially after that freshman year, but his traits are worth betting on because he's got an incredible arm and he can make every off platform throw. I even found one where he's getting tackled. He can't even move his legs and he threw a strike 15, like about 10 yards uh, ahead of the line of scrimmage. And uh, like across the field with only arm, his legs are literally grabbed and being tackled. Like I'd rather bet on that guy than bone Nicks. Um, like I said, I'm not that deep into, into that right now. The only thing I'm not sure about is your statement that, the that Oregon changed their offense for Bo Nix because going back a few years, we were talking about the same things with Justin Herbert in that same offense. And it's been the well, same not, talking points. It's also been offense. Remember Dan Lanning's only been there two years, both years for Bo Nix. So it's, it's a different coaching staff and a different offense. The, the Me. Justin Herbert conversation, in my opinion, Jonas is because Mario Cristobal is a stubborn man who wanted to run that offense and didn't try to accentuate what Justin Herbert was really good at, which was driving the ball down the field, utilizing the seams in the middle of the field. And they brought in Kenny Dillingham uh, to run that offense last year. And then they brought in Will Stein from UTSA to run it again this year because Dillingham got the Arizona state job. And it's to minimize the, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. It's to minimize the bad from Bonix and accentuate what he does well. Whereas the Mario Cristobal offense, it's not about accentuating your players. It's about, this is what I want to do. 
So that, that's kind of how I see it. Interesting. With that draft talk and prospect talk, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on this final regular season live at the Two Minute Warning Show of this year. Again, the Vikings finished seven and ten on the season, and right now we sit in the tenth spot for the draft. That could change depending on the afternoon games. We'll be here. We'll monitor with you all, as I'm sure you all will. Jonas, what have you got going on in Germany this week? Uh, we are going to record our season review like we always do at the week uh, right after the season ends. Uh, we are going to do the same this year. It's almost every year. It's uh, one of the two uh, episodes that does... Uh, that has the highest, uh, the biggest audience, and it. I expect it to do very well again this time. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and then diving into the draft process a little bit deeper than I have so far. Okay, Tyler, what are we doing tomorrow night? <sighs> Big picture view of the season, um, a broad scope of what to kind of expect this off season from us. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of big picture stuff right now. And then we're going to get real micro over the course of the next few weeks. And then obviously senior bowl, um, senior bowl schedule will be a little different. So just be prepared for that just because there's, I only have so much time to be able to do everything that I need to do. Uh, but we're going to have plenty moving forward and it's going to be a hell of a good time. Mm -hmm. And we got some more goal searches coming Oh yeah, yes we do. And I, I want to ans ask answer one question. Um, multiple people asked about Quinn Ewers. <sighs> but Quinn Ewers was one of he's like one of six or seven guys to ever receive a perfect uh, recruit rating in the twenty four seven sports composite, which takes all the recruiting rankings. Which means every recruiting site had him as the best player in the country. Uh, but part of the problem is that he's not maximizing his own potential, and you know he has it because he flashes it, but he just keeps getting in his own way. And why is that? Is it because Arch is breathing down his neck at Texas and the entire Texas fan base wants Arch over him? Him, Like, what's the reason behind it? Um, right? Consider taking him day two, early day three. But uh, he needs to show more before I really want to put my future into him. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Is he going to be... Well, he hadn't declared, so we don't even know if he's going to be at senior bowl everything says that he's going back okay and i haven't heard any different here so and yes the fans want to see arch play so anyways with that what do we say gentlemen skull vikings skull, skull vikings thanks for watching please like subscribe and ring the bell and share this episode with your friends and even your enemies. We'd love it. Thanks for watching Vikings First and Skull. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Skull. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This has been a Vikings first in skull and fans first sports network. Production.